What's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer and Aaron Dotson. You're listening to Christianity Now. Christianity Now is where we talk about current events. Well, that's not really true. We talk about contemporary issues, which means a lot of times our conversation is inspired or spawned, however you want to consider it, by current events, um, which is why you're getting the show today. Um, This is a listener and viewer-driven show, 100%. So the question was asked, or the suggestion was made, to talk about fundraising, how the Lord's Church should spend its money, and I really feel like that segues very good into the role of elders. And then, I mean, it, unless you're, if you're in Western culture, unless you're hiding under a rock in the deep, dark cave somewhere, you know that today is Halloween and that a bunch of little children are going to be running around little neighborhoods and they're going to be trick-or-treating and they're going to get candy and stuff like that. So we're going to, we're going to see if we can bundle all of this in one conversation. You think we can do it, Aaron? I let's try. I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it'd be fun. And we're, and we're going to try to do it, and we're going to try to get it as close as as close to an hour as we can. Of course, it never works that way. It I always do, typically yeah. goes over. I ain't gonna lie. I do like going over though. Oh right. yeah. Go ahead though. <laughs> All right. So good to see everybody. Terry Crooks, Diana Harden, Christy House, and John Exum. Good to see every one of y'all. And man, three out of four of those comments are on YouTube. Incidentally, Aaron, I don't know if I told you or not. I have noticed no discernible difference in the in the views and, and audience retention and stuff like that from not mentioning other platforms versus yeah. mentioning other platforms. Yeah. So you know what? The we same. just gonna mention them. Yeah. Look, f- follow us on Rumble, <laughs> Facebook, Christianity Now streams on YouTube, which Looks like the bulk of you are. And then understanding the times at Instagram, Aaron, I do have the videos that you've sent me, but they're over a minute and I've got to go in and edit them down. Yeah. They're like one Oh six or something. Probably. Yeah. Even if it's one Oh one, they've got to be edited down. So, um, I just want to let you know, I just dawned on me. That's why I hadn't published them yet. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll, I'll make sure to get them right at one from, so one exact is okay. Right. One exact is okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 And here's the thing, if it's, one, if it's 101 and it's just, you know, dead space, That's, the Instagram will cut it off. Yeah. But yeah. if it's, if it's 102, if it's material, you don't want, yeah. yeah, you don't want to cut the material yeah. off. Right. Now here's what we want to focus on. Substack. Yeah. We would love for you to follow Substack. There is a lot of free, uh, material at Substack. Okay. Yep. There is material behind a paywall, so we would love for you to subscribe for $5 a month at Substack, but don't feel like you're going to be missing out if you don't, because there's a lot of material yeah. for free. But if you subscribe, you allow us to produce more material and you allow us to do things like Aaron and I were just talking. I've got a microphone and some and 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 something I'm going to send him in the mail for his studio down there. He's going to have to pick up some cables. He needs a couple of of, uh, of of sound dampening pieces of equipment. You know, I mean, that's two or three hundred dollars by the time it's all said and done. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I don't know the conversion rate, but it could be three hundred and fifty. But yeah, you are you help us do all this. Yeah. So that's that's what it's for. And then, of course, after the first of the year, um, we're gonna we're gonna really try to hit it hard and uh, bring up the numbers on the YouTube, on the Facebook page, 
And Aaron, I don't know if you've looked lately, but we're above 7,000 followers on Christianity Now Facebook page. I haven't noticed that. I looked at it several days ago, and it was still almost 7,000. So, yeah. so I missed the jump over. You know. Yeah, yeah, we, we jumped over. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it now. It says 7K right now, just looking at the page. Looking at the page like an outsider. I'm not looking at yeah. it from the control. You know, yeah. Admin. Cool beans. Jonathan said, I was asked by a primitive Baptist preacher at my grandmother's funeral if I was an elder. I'm thinking, do I look old or is this guy doesn't know much about the Bible? And John's 27. Yeah. Yeah, that's like the Mormon sending out the 16-year-old kids. It's Elder John, Elder Bob. Yeah. 20-year-old right? kids even. <laughs> I know. It's like, I don't think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well... So, Aaron, let's talk about this. What are we going to uh, do first? Fundraising? Yeah, let's do fundraising. And again, I, I've got the I've got two articles here that we can kind of reference. Aaron, I don't want to get if if I get bogged down, I start reading too much of these articles. Just yeah, I say you're reading too much. Yeah, just say Tony, quit reading. Yeah, I Iokun Lee, good to see you. Good morning, Iokun Lee. So. Fundraising about bake set. We'll see. I'm doing it right now. I'm going into anyway. <laughs> bake sales and raffles. Whenever I was a kid, like this would have been absolutely unheard of. And I think the principle, it, it, the, 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 the restoration plea, and y'all know how careful I am when I talk about these things, because I don't want to come <laughs> off as just another denomination. Right. The Lord's church is distinct. Right. But that restoration plea resounds across the annals of time. We want to speak where the Bible speaks. We want to be silent where the Bible's silent. We want to do Bible things in Bible ways and call Bible things by Bible names. Unless someone say, well, that's only restoration movement, 1800 stuff. No, that's 1 Peter 4.11 stuff. You got that I, I just, I, I can I can grab it. I, got I was going to say, I, I, I can. Let's see, 1 Peter I just wanted to defend that because it's that, bi it's Bible and and that, exactly I, I'm a bit weary with hearing some people, no one that normally watches our show, but just, sure uh, you hear it from time to time. Well, that's I'm, just that's just the logic of England that Alexander Campbell had. You know, it's just like they don't I know, know what it. they're talking. About. The the funny thing is, I've heard that same thing about England and stuff like Alexander Campbell. He didn't get his theology from England. I think he was John way Locke. Late. John yeah. Locke. He got yeah, all his knowledge from John Locke. Yeah. Lockean wisdom. And it's just like. Like, dude, you got the verse? Yeah, I got it right okay, here. Okay, go ahead and read it. First Peter 4.11 says, If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Yeah. Good morning there, Mammoth Spring Church of Christ. Yeah. So if you want to speak, you got to speak. And, and that's, don't speak as if you were the oracles of God. Right. In other words, it's a comparison using like or as. Yeah. When you speak, the words you speak are like or as the oracles of God. In other words, you shouldn't be able to tell a difference. Yeah. You know, something I learned at a very early age. I didn't have to have a passage of scripture memorized in order to tell what, when somebody was quoting the Bible or not. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Can, you know, you can just tell. Oh yeah. And so you've also heard the old phrase, well, you know, truth, it has the, 
ring of truth. Meaning, even when people quote the versions that I'm not as familiar with, most you of the still time, know I still they're recognize, quoting. I, I do anyway. Yeah, I, you recognize the truth. Yeah, I can normally say, well, that's not the King James and the New King James because that's what I, you know, or the you know the ones that I use the most. But I, yeah. you can still tell. I mean, uh, if you have a standard translation, yeah. that is, you know, yeah, yeah. John X was argumentum at authoritarium or authoritatum. Uh, argument from authority, Locke, Campbell, et cetera. Yeah, we, we don't go to Locke, Campbell. There's nothing that anybody on this earth can cite that they they can prove that I believe that originated yeah. with Alexander or Thomas Campbell, Barton Amen. W. Stone, any of them. And, and the reason we're on this little detour is because you were talking about speaking where the Speak Bible where speaks. Speak the Bible, the restoration I, plea. I, I, yeah, and I took a step back and said, there are some that try to say, oh, that's just Lockean Campbell wisdom. That's That yeah. came from them, Scotland or whatever. They're oh, yeah. And I'm like, no, speak where the Bible speaks. Be silent where the Bible's silent. Yeah. That Those principles are all contained in the charge to speak as the oracles of God. First Peter four eleven. That's that was all my point was. That, Absolutely. You know. Well, <clears throat> so for for the sake of the podcast, then let's get into this. Let's talk about the nature of giving, and it's a very short. These these articles that I write are very short segment. I want them to be highly digestible, and I want you to think more than you learn. If that makes any sense. Has this one been released on Substack already? Ne- no, neither okay, of these okay, articles okay, okay. that we're going to use for an outline today have. Okay. Okay. Um, just but curious. Second Corinthians chapter nine, <clears throat> verse seven, Paul writes, every man, according as he purposeth in his heart. So, or in this manner, let him give not grudgingly or of necessity for God loveth a cheerful giver. Well, the emphasis is on the individual's personal conviction yeah. and willingness to give rather than external pressure or incentives. And, and, and Aaron, I think that is the reason why Paul in 1 Corinthians 16 said, I don't want there to be any gatherings when I come. Because Paul, it, it's a power imbalance. Like, why is it such an egregious thing for a man who owns the company to go to the secretary and proposition her for sex because of the power imbalance. He robs her of consent because the stakes for her refusing him is so very high. Her job, her career, her life. Yes. That's why the Harvey Weinstein, the casting couch and stuff like that uh, in, in Hollywood is such an egregious, dirty thing is because you've got these young women that want these parts and well, you know, you gotta you gotta service these old men. Yeah. Well, don't you want the parts, don't you? And it's an imbalance of power. Yeah. So I believe that is why Paul did not want any gatherings when he came, is because he wanted to it was so important that the free will nature of the giving remain intact. I think that is the importance of yeah. it. It's interesting that he doesn't refer to a command that none that I can recall. He didn't know Second Corinthians, he doesn't in the command of First Corinthians sixteen, he's just telling the specifics of how it's going to be done. So when he gets there, he can get it. That's that's it. He's not referring to a command that he's already written about. No, you know, or another apostle has written about. Absolutely not. So I think if I'm going then to do Bible things in Bible ways, then the way as a church we have to raise money, it's got to be free 
will offering. Yeah. Not selling stuff. And and I know we're going to get to that, uh, but sure. Not grudgingly, not yeah. of necessity even, but a willful giving. Well, so that that's the, the in the next segment of the article, that's the issue with trans it's a transactional versus voluntary. So bake sales and raffles and and car washes and silent auctions and yep. stuff like that. They turn the act of giving into a transaction. Yeah. Participants receive goods or chances in exchange for the money diverging from the New Testament teaching of free will. Like I said, it was so important in my in my studied opinion. The reason for Paul saying that he didn't want any gatherings when he come is so he don't muck about with the free will nature of the giving. Yeah. And they had already promised it uh, apparently a year in advance. Yes. So keep pr- keep the promise and it's free will. You you willingly freely said you would do it. So That's it. do it. <laughs> keep your word. That's it. And I asked the question, are the participants in the bake sales or the raffles or something like that, are they supporting the church and the church's mission? Or are they more interested in the goods or services or chances they're receiving in return? Yeah. You know, it's a quid, quid pro quo. You say that a lot, you know, just like buy this raffle, this supports our church, this will send kids overseas somewhere. But that's I not, mean, that's not the nature of giving no. in the Bible. That's the point. And there, I mean, there, there again, there's a lot of ways to rationalize it. You know, I mean, it. So that I wrote an article. I think this article is behind a paywall, though. There's three. I did it. I did do a podcast on it. There are three ways: a way that seems right, or excuse me, a way that is right, and or excuse me, a way that is wrong and cannot be justified or made right. A way that seems right, but the end is the way of death. Or the way that is right and cannot be wrong. wrong. Yeah. Well, when it comes to the giving, there is a way that is right and cannot be wrong. Yeah. And, but there's also the way that is wrong and cannot be right. Well, that's easy. I mean, the church can't the the church can't go into business and start manufacturing trinkets and selling. I mean, we know this, but. The way that seems right is the bake sales, the bus, the bus, the the. I'm, I'm, my words are messed up. The bake sales, the raffles, yeah, um, car washes, having yeah. a fall festival where you charge admission, yeah, and this money goes toward this for our church. That kind. Of I thing. know, and think about all the beautiful <laughs> things that you like. Hey, come come to our bake sale every time you spend a dollar. At our bake sale, we're one step closer to helping needy children in Africa. And boy, that's, that's what that's what said. Let me tell you something. Uh, if if I were people from Africa, I would be so offended that the my my native land, the home of my nativity, was used to raise money off of. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, come on, man, you're standing on the backs of these people that, yeah, there's, there's issues in the continent of Africa. And I say the continent on purpose. I can't remember how many countries, I think there's like 70 something countries in the continent of Africa Yeah, and they have issues. Um, but 
it's real easy for us to have pictures and stuff like that. And then we, we use that to, uh, to raise money. 54 countries, according to Google, just letting you know. 54. I thought <laughs> yeah. it, I would bet you That's... a dollar to a moldy donut. It was 70 something. Yeah. Oh, that, well. That could have changed. But First yeah. time I've been wrong all week. First, <laughs> hey, that ain't too bad. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's only already, Tuesday. It's only Tuesday. It's already <laughs> Tuesday, we can I say. I guarantee it. Yeah. Anyway. I didn't know how many. I didn't have a clue. Um, I knew it was a lot. Yeah. Hey, hey, Alabama says yard sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yard sales. You want to get thorny, Tony? Let's get thorny for a moment. What about yeah, what about charging something because it costs something to do something and brethren buying? Oh yeah, that's not and, that's yeah, that 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 ooh boy. That a labor is a laborer is worthy of his hire. If a congregation brings in specialist okay take take rob whitaker you know rob whitaker right mm-hmm. yeah what's rob whitaker quote-unquote famous for evangelism and local evangelism like how to it's, door knock and all that he's got it boiled down to an science yeah very, very right? practical he's very good at it yeah. it's not just that he's good at it he's good at teaching it yeah it yeah. cost money to have him somewhere. Sure. So let me ask you this. Let's say in a local area, you've got within an hour, you have four congregations. Let's say that practically speaking, now y'all, I don't, I've never talked to house to house, heart to heart. I've never talked to Rob Whitaker. I've never even talked to anybody that's had his evangelism seminar at their congregation. These numbers are absolutely made up in my own head. Yeah. All right. So do not leave here thinking, <laughs> well, that I can't believe Rob Whitaker's charging that much money. I don't know how much they as far as I know, that might they might come for free if you can prove that you can't pay it. Yeah, I don't you know. know. Um, but let's just practically speaking, to get Rob to come, you're gonna have travel expenses, you're gonna have to uh feed him. You're going to have to put him up in accommodations. You're going to have to um, take pay him for his time. Yeah, pay him for and the work. And, the and it's not just that you're paying for his time. You've got materials, and you've got the years of time that he has spent to develop this skill. It's kind of like the old adage of the, the plumber goes under my sink, spends 15 minutes, comes out, and charges me $300. And the, the person that he was working on their sink was a doctor. And the doctor said, I'm a surgeon and I don't even get $1,200 an hour. And the plumber said, I didn't either when I was a surgeon. That's why I started being a plumber. But the point is though, (laughs) you, you don't pay him for the 15 minutes of work he's doing. That's not what he's getting paid for. Yeah. He's getting paid for the years of experience to know what to do in the 15 minutes. Yeah. And all the training and licenses and all yes. the insurance and just everything yes. that he, his expenses too, you know? So it would not surprise me <clears throat> if an evangelism seminar, like what Rob Whitaker puts on would cost $5,000 for a week. Yeah. That's a lot of stuff in one week though. But it's yeah. a lot of stuff, yeah. in, but it would not surprise me at no. all. Yeah. And it would be worth every penny of it. Now, what if in an area, Aaron, there's a congregate, there's congregations with an hour's drive of one another, and there was one kind of centrally located, and they all got together, 
and they pull their money, but they want to, they, they, they don't really have a lot of money. So they say, look, we're going to have this evangelism seminar and we're going to ask that the participants pay for the material yeah. and pay $10 um, $10 for a week pass yeah, just to kind of recoup a little bit of our money. There's nothing wrong with that. I, no, I, I don't mean, think there's because that's education. Yeah. Well, again, that's education because somebody's <laughs> always going to say, well, the Lord's church shouldn't do it if they can't afford it. Well, go kick rocks, man. Look, I'm, 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 I try to be very consistent with this. So, so the people in Judea shouldn't have ate food because they didn't have enough money to buy their own food during time of famine. You yeah, know, I mean, exactly. They they had people from another area helping to pay their expenses. I, I know. And well, <laughs> what about polishing the pulpit? Now, listen. I I, I, I mean, if if Alan Webster were here on this uh, podcast, and he might be one day, Lord he may really. be one day. Yeah, I would tell him that I think I've got some issues with polishing the pulpit. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think I think that it grew a really really big, and they might not have known exactly. In other words, you could, there's no way twenty years ago you could think as a human being twenty years in the future and realize what polishing the pulpit was going to be and how it was going to affect the brotherhood. Mm-hmm. But you could say the same thing for N. B. Hardiman. Yep. With and and, and A. G. Freed yeah. with with Freed Hardiman <laughs> University. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that, that's not, that's not an indictment of polishing the pulpit. That's, Hey, we're human beings and we don't know the future. Yeah. So now we got to be real with what we've got. However, polishing the pulpit. Yeah. Uh, polishing the pulpit brings in a lot of money. Laura says, and people who go there have to pay exactly because that value that you get from polishing the pulpit for all that information, all that teaching that's that well, I've lost my train of thought. That, that costs the people that put it on. It Thank costs you them very money much. to do it. Yes. They can't and do it for free. No. <laughs> so it's it's going to cost somebody and who pays for it. Yep. You know, and John Exon put first Corinthians nine and um that's a broad chapter, but um this is something to think about. Do you not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple? And they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar. Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. So who is going to live of the gospel? Well, the, 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 for instance, Rob Whitaker in this case, the worker teachers. Yeah. So who pays him? Right. The church. Yes. And if he goes to North Alabama, the church in North Alabama pays him. I would love to have him come up here for a week in Riverview and light a fire under these people. Not, not um, right, right. That sounded so negative. I did yeah. not mean it to be that way. Um, yeah. Put gasoline on the fire that's already burning. Yeah, the, there's a gas. Yeah, there's fire already burning. Yeah. So yeah, let's yeah. throw some gasoline on that fire. Put some more fuel on the fire. That's it. Whatever you know. But you know what? We're going to have to pay him. Yeah, he can't do it for free. He can't I, I can't ask him everywhere. to come up here, and it would cost five or six thousand dollars to get him up here for a week. Because yep. I know what a plane ticket cost. Yeah, you know. But there's a there's a passive scripture in Romans 15 as well, Aaron, that 
if um, and, and if I might, some, somebody may say, well, they, then he shouldn't come there because that would cost more money. He should just stay local, not go all the way to Can. But but people in Canada need it too. The people, well, yeah. that, you know, that, and and that's and not that's not even an argument. I mean, people no. people yeah. everywhere need that. We need the church needs to know the times and know how to evangelize. And he's got something going on that's good, that's biblical, and it's practical. It's and it works. They it. do it. That's not it. some lofty idea. In an ivory palace. <laughs> All right, listen to this. This is Romans 15. I'm going to start reading in verse 25. But now I go into Jerusalem to minister unto the saints, for it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. It hath pleased them verily, and their debtors they are. Now, wait a second. Paul said that the people of Macedonia, the Gentiles, Yeah were debtors to the saints in Jerusalem. Why? For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. So if Rob Whitaker comes to Riverview Church of Christ and makes us partaker of his spiritual things, it is incumbent, it is our duty, it's incumbent upon us to make him partaker in our yep. carnal things. Yeah, I like John's comment there. You know. And awesome. And you yep. can scale that up yep. to five or six thousand members strong at polishing the pulpit. Yep. What yep. some may not realize is that when you take away from the laborer of the gospel, they are robbing God of their blessing as a result of his labor. That's yep. it. Will a man rob God? Many churches. I, I made I made this comment, uh, and I've repeated it. I didn't come up with it, but um, some congregations it seems uh, the 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 mission of the members of the church of the congregation is to keep the preacher humble, and the mission of the elders is to keep him poor. <laughs> And I, I'm going to take responsibility. All of this started because I made the comment. I said, you want to get thorny. I was, I think what I was trying to do, and I really <laughs> enjoyed your comment, really. And my the, uh, it, it, fundraising, the way we started out talking about it, oh, yeah. is not equal to brethren, people that are already in the church, paying a laborer who's worthy of their wages or for material that's being provided. That's not fundraising. Right. No, that's different. And that's, that's what I wanted to point out. Cause I know some people will accuse that of, well, they're just doing it for money. Yeah. You, how dare you judge them? You don't know what they're doing it well, for. You're that you're judging. Their I know. Motives. Get out of the motive business. Oh, I wish my, and I get accused of it so much because I, I'll make a statement speaking to nothing but the facts. And somebody would say, somebody would comment on motive. And I'm like, I don't care about yeah. why you do something. Yeah. I only care about what you are doing. Yeah. In fact, the scriptures, there's nothing in the scriptures relating to your motivations outside of loving God and wanting to do what's right. Yeah. Now, if you don't love God and you don't want to do what's right, is that even if you do money. everything, you know, you're yeah. going to get to heaven. Right. No. No, Absolutely. John, you're okay. You, it, you're No, it was Aaron, no. John. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was me that got this going, and you're just commenting on what I said. You're good to go, John. That's right. Appreciate your comments. No, and, and it's good. I mean, it's good. This is part of the topic, though. Yeah. You can't have this discussion without discussing yeah. this, I don't believe. Yeah, and um, I've just heard good people accuse what the general gist of what they're doing at Posh and well, and other things like that. Like they're raising funds. Or, right. Well, th think or, about, oh, yeah, like people it, like Alan Webster and, and, and that panel's getting rich off polishing the pulpit. Right. Like, oh, I bet you. I just, I, I, I say I bet. If I was a gambling man, I would, I would bet that if you asked that they would give you a, a the equivalent of a P&L statement. I don't know what it would be called, but P&L is profit and loss. Like, you know. Yeah. Like every business at the end of the year, at the end of the fiscal year, they consult their P&L statement in order to make projections for the next year. Seems like I've loss. heard they lose every year, and I don't know for sure if that's true. But well, I, I know for I, a fact they do. I've they cannot heard that from people. Yeah. yeah, you in order in order to turn a profit, you'd have to charge twelve or fifteen hundred dollars a head. Yeah, yeah. The on, the only people making money off polishing the pulpit is the service members, the Wyndham Resort, the <laughs> the. Yeah. the 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 convention center yeah yeah that's no nobody's making money off polishing the pulpit but them yeah but it, it's value added <clears throat> yeah and then now again what this not about the pod the podcast not about this but we can talk about some of the things that might need yeah. worked on sure but it's still value added and the yeah. labor is worthy of his hire yeah all right and that's not equivalent to Selling stuff under the banner of the name of Jesus and the Church of Christ to raise money from sinners and others, you know, to fund the work of the church. That's you see this Bible here. Mm-hmm. That's a Cambridge. Uh, what's it called? <clears throat> Is that cameo? A cameo. Cameo. Yeah, I thought you goat skin, Aaron. Yeah. yeah. Words of the Jesus. Word. Words of the Jesus. Words, words of, of Jesus, Jesus written right in red. Ooh. All right. You know how much this Bible costs? It's about $200 U.S., a little bit more depending on where you can buy it. I have had people who own a Bible like this. While this Bible, while a Bible like this is in their hand, denigrate members of the Lord's church who sell commentaries that they have written. And I'm like, well, wait a second. You think that the commentary should be free and that you shouldn't have to pay for like Tom Waycaster's commentary. But you're head of a Bible in your hand that's like 200 bucks. Do you think that Cambridge is a godly institution that produces this Bible? I would much rather pay Tom Waycaster. <laughs> I'd much rather pay Tom Waycaster or Drew Leonard. I like Drew Leonard's commentaries. Yeah. I'd much rather pay Tom Waycaster or Drew Leonard or, well, now I can't think of his name. Uh, his name's Bill, but anyway, right. He's got some commentaries on First uh, Corinthians that are pretty good. Oh yeah, Winton, Bob Winton, Bob or, Winton, not yeah. No way to say Bob Knox. Bob Knox. There you go. We'll get why why did I say Bill? I Bill, don't know. my daddy's Bill. name. Anyway, are you thinking about Bill Willard? I don't know. Uh, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> But he, oh, Scott Beck says the Cracker Barrel nearby. The cra Cracker Barrel, talking about the only people making money off polishing the pulpit. Yeah, and the Cracker Barrel near the 
yeah. event center. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Cracker Barrel's up there with uh, Chick-fil-A for holy food. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah. And, and if you write notes or use a lesson outline, that's a commentary. True. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah. so the idea there is I'd, I'd much rather give, you know, uh, Wayne Jackson's estate. Yeah. And <laughs> sorry, you forgot my name. Um, Ted Knight. I, I would much rather, I would much rather give the estate of Wayne Jackson 40 or 50 bucks than, but, but my point is my brethren go a little crazy with that sometimes. And I'm like, no, it's, it's these people, the labor's worthy of his hire. So yeah. back to, as you, as you said, Aaron, back to uh, bake sales, raffles, you know, car washes, stuff like that. The problem with those, I think, the reason they are not acceptable to God is because they change the nature of giving. Yeah. It turns transactional. The only authorized way in Scripture for the Lord's church to raise money is not transactional. It's right. free will. That's right. Yeah. And and I've you know the issue with these bake sales they it's what's the motivation. You also, when you make these things transactional in nature, it just popped in my mind. I should have put this in the article, Aaron. Do you remember? Uh, I think it's in Ezra. I don't think it's Nehemiah. Maybe somebody in the comment section can help me. Where Sam Ballant and Tobias and all the people round about, they came to, I believe it was Ezra, and they said, we serve your gods just like your God, just like, just like you do. I think that's Nehemiah 4. I'm looking at it. I think that is. Oh, well, if you got it, can, can you read it? Is this Nehemiah? See. Nehemiah 4, 1. But so happened when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews, and he spoke before his brethren. What are these feeble Jews doing? Oh, no, that's uh, not it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm blending two passages together. Now Tobiah was beside him said, whatever they build, if a fox goes up on it, he'll break yeah. it down. Yeah, that, that's so I, not I know what one. you're talking about. So it, it, forget Sam Ballant and Tobias. <laughs> it's the wrong people. So just the people round about Judea said, we serve your God the same as you. Yeah. We want to help you build the temple. Yeah. To which uh, I believe it was Rubabel said, no, you don't have any lot nor partial, partner partial in this with us. Yeah. So they, they were not going to take help from people outside of the faith. The church cannot take help from outside of the faith. If the Baptist church came down to Riverview and said, hey, we understand that you're busting at the seams and you need a building. We know we have some differences. We know that you think we're wrong. We think that you teach a work salvation, but you're still extolling the virtues of Jesus and we won't we both serve the same God of heaven and we want to give you this gift of a million dollars to build a temple. I'd I mean, to build do, a temple. I'd say we to, do not serve the same God of heaven. That's what I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I would try my best to figure <laughs> to out a way to take that money. Cause we I really need too. a building. I would too, but not I don't think I truth. could. I don't think so either. I don't think I could. I think I would say, well, if you, if, if you give us a million dollars, I want you to allow me to come for three months and preach every Sunday at your assembly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and only yeah. then, if you let me do that, then I'll take the million dollars. 
I don't know. Y'all, this is tongue in cheek. I haven't thought it through. I could be teaching bad things here. So take this with a grain of salt. But you understand my knee jerk reaction when you have no partner partial. Yeah. When Jesus flipped the tables of the money changers, he didn't like what they were doing. And yeah, incidentally, the, the money changers, um, that goes all the way back to Deuteronomy where if your tithe, if, if your products were too, it's too much trouble for you to transfer those, you could sell them in your homeland. Like if you lived all the way up into Damascus, you could sell them in your homeland and you could take the money to Jerusalem. Then you could purchase whatever your heart's desires. Yeah. And then you give that to the Lord. Uh, but the problem was with the money changers, uh, you had to, uh, you had in order in order for the priest to accept your offering and to accept what you gave to the Lord, uh, the you it had to go through the money changers and they were extorting the people. Yeah, Ezra four yeah, one and two. I just put it in there. Yeah. Oh, did you? Cool. Yeah, where they said, "Let us build with you, for we seek your God as you do." That's yeah. that's. You were right. You said Ezra originally. Yeah. Like, well, well, you had I, the chapter. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I had the right chapter and wrong book. You had the right book and didn't have a chapter, but. Anyhow, we got yep. it. Yep, yep. Yeah, John's got a quote from Bobby Liddell. Fellas, if you're here to make money, pack your bags and leave right now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's why I disdain the, the 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 contemporary model for hiring preachers. Yeah. I hate it. I think it's I think it's unscriptural. I think there's gonna be people bust hell wide open because of this this model of how they hire preachers. Pony show. Yep, it's a dog and pony show. Sorry if I missed the convo. Do churches encourage gifts from wills? I haven't ever been approached about it. Uh, okay. Oh, wait, excuse me. I can't. I, I don't know what I read here. Let me reread it and make sure I got the right word. Do churches encourage gifts from wills? I haven't ever been appro approached about it. I don't know. I think it might be weird for a church to encourage it. However, there's nothing wrong with it. Because it's a free, again, think about a will. What what does will mean? That's your will. That's what you want to do. Yeah. And your will and testament, the, the, that document testifies that your desire is to freely give this yeah. monetary yeah. gift to the church. Yeah, at your death or whatever. At your death. So yeah. there's nothing unscriptural about it whatsoever. It doesn't change the nature of the giving. Yeah. Now. If you had a congregation where you had like a, a death and dying minister and on the deathbeds of these old people, he was trying to get them to sign over their <laughs> material things. That would be a problem. Yeah. But, but my point is, you know, you like you can, you can, you can twist anything and make it unholy. Oh yeah. Um, uh, two weeks ago in our meeting here, John Shannon said, Hey, he said, if you are wanting to give something to the church when you die, he said, I'm going to suggest that you give it now because people will fight over it when you die and the church won't get it. So, And that was his opinion. You know, you, it's well, not No, wrong. that's a statement of fact. It's a fact that it's a fact that, that happens. But as far yeah. as it being a binding rule, that was his opinion. He thought you should do it before you die, which yeah. I think is pretty wise, too. I mean, yeah. that's... Well, there, there's, a, there's a woman here who's way on up in age. I mean, you know, she's in her mid to late 80s. And... She makes no bones about it. She's got a chunk of her inheritance. She wants. She's she's got it slated to go to the Riverview Church of Christ. And and I can understand. I don't know her exact reasoning, 
but I could understand her reasoning for not giving it now and then later because that could be some of the last money she has that she doesn't know. She might need, she can't work or whatever. You know, she, well, might, it, she might need it now before she dies. She's living off the interest of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if you're, if That's you're, if you're a pensioner, yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're a pensioner and, and through your 401k and investments and stuff like that, you've got $5 million. Right. You cannot give that money away because then you don't have any passive income. Yeah. But you can give it after your death because yeah. then you know because it accrues interest. But I, but yeah. you're if you're living on the interest, then you you can't give Nothing that away. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. I think that's smart. Yep. Um. So stewardship and financial integrity. So these guidelines for financial stewardship. I mean, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in stores. God hath prospered, that there be no gatherings when I come. The idea is organized, thoughtful. It gives us a form of worship even instead of spontaneous or emotionally driven fundraising activities. And again, I still believe that the reason Paul gave this that said, look, gather it before I come. I don't want any gatherings when I come is because it would rob people of the free will. They, it would, it, it, it would affect. It would. It would change the nature of the giving. Well, I've got to give because the Apostle Paul's going to be here this morning. Right. But not no. only. Not only from a practical standpoint, I want it collected so when I get there, I don't have to wait. But it's also very practical. It's, yes, but it's also like you're saying, it's taking away the very nature, the spirit behind giving. Well, I got to get it. I got to give it because Paul's no have it ready. So when I come, it's already there. Yep. Um. The 99-year-old woman who worked at the bank since she was 17 or 18 years old, she passed with no children or family and left her money to uh, to her church. Yeah, mm. nothing wrong with that. And again, from the time she retired, maybe she retired at 65 or 70. Right. So let's say she retired at 70. Let's say she worked years <sighs> into her retirement age. So 70 to 80 is 10 years. 80 to 90 is 20 and then not, so she lived for 30 years almost. And so she could not have given that money while she was alive because she was living on the interest. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. That was her, that was her working money. She was using that That's money it. to live off of. <laughs> That's it. I want to, I'm, I, I, I know I don't want to get bogged down in reading much, but I do want to read the conclusion of this article. Go ahead. While the Bible does not explicitly prohibit bake sales, raffles, or similar fundraising activities, the principles it teaches shows that these methods are not appropriate for raising money for the church. Financial practices within the church should align with the voluntary and heartfelt model of giving outlined in the New Testament, preserving both the integrity and the mission of the church. Therefore, it is concluded that bake sales and raffles are not in harmony with God's will as expressed through scripture. What do you yeah. think about yeah. that? Yeah. Amen. I mean, it, it, like you like you said, though, it's not explicitly forbidden. There's, we have no authority to do it because it. there are no principles that teach us to do that. The principles teach us to do the otherwise free will, not transactional, that's it. Not I give and I get a raffle ticket and, and that money goes toward the church. Yes. But it's and a I, free I hope will. that helps people because yeah, I like that. that I've heard all my life that, well, we, we showed in, we're showing in the Bible that it's got to be free will. Okay. As opposed to what? 
Like, yeah. what do you call the opposite of free will? Right. Well, you, it's transactional. It's not compulsory. Mm, right. It's transactional. Yep. Yep. It's transactional. Laura Sales says, I agree with the article. Well, I appreciate yep. it. Yeah. Uh, will, hey, that hey, come uh, out on, will that come out on Substack? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut yes, you Yes, yeah, it will eventually yeah. come out. Yeah. And it's not going to be, neither of these two articles are going to be behind a paywall. Yeah, yeah. And I need to get back busy uh, narrating the articles. I just need to get busy putting out at least one article a week when I need to do I know. I need to yeah, slap yeah. me, but yeah. Get her done. All get right. Hey, hey, Alabama said the 99-year-old woman never retired. They found her after she didn't come to work one day. Oh, wow. God bless her. My my granddaddy never retired. Uh, we They couldn't find him. I, I say I was off at school. Um, they couldn't find him one afternoon and they went and, um, he died. He, he was hauling off what we call rotten apples, putting them out for deer and stuff. And evidently he dumped a few out, got back in his truck and just kind of took a rest and went out, went on. Mm. Mm. I see some people selling Avon products on Sunday to the congregation. Terry, I'd need some more content. Uh, now this is going to sound weird. Don't don't throw stones just yet. I would need some more context for that. Now look, if if I sell Avon, and after the worship service is over, I go around and I pester my friends who happen to be at the same location I am. That's just me kind of having, in my opinion, poor boundaries. Yeah, I don't think sin is actually happening. Probably what's going to happen is they're going to start. Exactly. You're, you're going to be ostracized pretty quick. Nobody yeah. wants to see that person coming. But if it is the case that during the worship service, during the Bible study, you got the preacher standing up and says, listen, my wife sells Avon. And if you want me to keep preaching here, you need to buy your makeup from her. Yeah. Because that's the way the church supports us as a family. Obviously, yeah. you got a problem. Or even like including that somehow in the sermons he announced. That's just inappropriate. That like I think it is. And my, yeah. and my not the sermon. The sermon that would be wrong. We're to preach the word. But let's just say at the end of the worship you announce that. I think that's inappropriate. That just yeah. Well, I, okay. I, let me. I don't let me, think it's wrong. But I let, let me you, let me advocate for the opposite. Yeah. Here. Yeah, I want to hear it. That would bounce. That would hurt. That would that would annoy a lot of people. I don't know if it'd be it wrong would. though. Um, yeah, Scott Beck says same with Girl, Girl Scout cookies. All right. In the announcements. We got a lot of stuff in the announcements, by the way. I know. I'm buffering. My brain is buffering. I'm really trying to create a scenario in which I'm having a hard time with it, though, Aaron. Yeah. So if I'm giving announcements, I was like, hey, listen, it's that time of year. Aaron, I just can't do it. You can't look, leave all that out of the building even. Okay. All right. Yeah. John Exum, not everything needs to be announced. No, it doesn't. Here's my thought. If you really did need to sell Avon, maybe ask some people before services you ever go. And then conveniently after services, you can talk to the ones that are interested and sell them Avon, you know, either that that, or just walk around (laughs) looking at people and then. Monday, call them up and say, Hey, listen, this is, this is Jenna Sue Ellis. And I noticed that your makeup is all wacky and I sell Avon. Won't you let me come over and fix you up? Yeah. 
All right. We got to move on. <laughs> I know. We're not good with that. We're men. No. We can't talk about Avon. I guarantee you. All right. The role of the elders in church. So th- this is this. This segment, and, and this is where I don't want to get bogged down in reading, but I do want to read the introduction. Hey, can I make one more comment that I meant yeah. to do? All right. The thing about all the bake sales and washing your car, if you're I, if you're sitting there thinking, that would be a good way to raise money that I don't oh, already we have. Need to, yeah, we need to, we need to dig then, this. Then we need do to dig it this. at home and donate it to the church. It's not that complicated. Like... You don't have to put a banner up at your yard sale. Don't do that. Just do it as an individual human being Christian. You have a yard sale and then take all of it or half of yeah. it or whatever, and then you got more money to give. Well, so think about everybody know who Sam Walton is. Yeah. Walmart. Okay. <clears throat> now, what if Sam Walton, when he were alive, said, you know what? I am changing Walmart. From a for-profit business to a non-profit. And every year, we're going to cut a check and bring our accounts down to zero. And we're going to give them, give that to the local congregation where I worship. (laughs) Y'all, he can do that. And I, I'm I'm saying if Sam Walton is a member of the Lord's Church, yeah, and Sam Walton owns Walmart, he can take all of the profits that Walmart has and donate them to the church. Well, where did Walmart get those profits from selling merchandise? Yeah, but that's not the church selling merchandise, <clears throat> right? For instance, let's say Aaron, you and I opened up a laundry mat. Yeah. I've been really thinking about this. Laundry mats make money hand over fist. You would be surprised at how much passive income laundry mats make. Okay, so I can you and I can open a laundry mat. Let's say we're making sixty thousand dollars a year off of it. Yeah. But we don't need it. Well, Aaron, what do we do with the money? Well, let's just give it to the church. But, Aaron, now this is a hard question, so pay attention. Very difficult to answer. Are you ready? Yeah. Could the church buy a piece of property and open a laundromat? I mean, my conviction, I'd go with no. <laughs> uh, it takes I, away. That, that, that's a way that is wrong and cannot be right. Yeah. There is no authority in Scripture Yeah, I'd, for the right. church opening a business. Right. That's the church proper. The church is, you know. Yeah. But a member of the church as an individual, like, I mean, you could open up a map and say, you know, we're going to donate 50% of all of our proceeds to the podcast and 50% to the local congregations where we are. That's right. There's nothing wrong with that. But what's we're individuals. In, yeah. That, what's the difference in that and giving out of the income you make wherever you work? There is Scott, no difference. I, I, uh, there, there's three comments I want to get. One, I'm going to read Jason Goldtrap. I don't agree with yard sales for the church. When I was a kid and wanted to go somewhere on a, on a church trip, there was always money. I never considered the source by getting the kids involved to help raise money for a mission trip or a community project. They learned that hard work pays off. It's like the man with five talents who used his talents to expand his master's fortune. Um, I appreciate that comment. I, I just want to make sure that, 
Uh, we're not sending kids out to raise money. I, I think you can get the children involved in, in supporting their own mission trips by buying letters. I mean, by buying letters, by, by sending <laughs> letters and taking them to make presentations on the trip. Yeah. And, and raising support that way. Um, I think some people's model for, for this is to say, well, the, the youth group needs to go on a mission trip to, well, think about Lima in, in Hawaii. He likes when people come down to Hawaii. And, uh, I think if you want to, if you want to, if you want to go to Hawaii on vacation, go to where Lima is. And I think he'll let you preach at the congregation there. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the, the point is, um, how do you how do you raise money for that? Well, you do, you wouldn't you wouldn't let your kids have a car wash or a yard sale or a bake sale. You would teach them how to write letters, and this is this is developing skills. You would teach them how to write letters. You would teach them how to cold call congregations. You would teach them how to make presentations about the trip, and all of that good stuff. Teach them how to meet with the elders and talk. You to teach the them how to meet. Say, Hey, dear elders, here's the work of the Lord we want to be a part of. Would you support us any amount or whatever? That's know? it. That's it. And you'd be surprised how much, how, how much develop. And it's so much better than sending them out with a box of candy bars to sell. Yep. Not only is it better as in it's more useful, but it's, it's, it's scriptural. Yeah. Like I said, what started this whole vein was just do things as an individual. Yeah. Like, let's just say you're kind of maxed out financially. You know, you're married, you got yeah. children, you you got your, you're trying to give sacrificially for the work of the Lord, but you want more money to go for a specific need of the congregation. Yeah. Just go out there and start washing a bunch of cars. Don't well, tell them you're doing it as the church to raise money. Exactly. Just do it as an individual Christian. Take that extra money, donate it toward that work. Exactly. It's different than the church doing it proper, the, ch the yes. church proper doing it. Well, here's what it is. Okay, as a Christian, I know the church needs funds. Yeah. What do you do? Well, I don't have any money, but I have time and I have effort. Yeah. And I have materials. So I'm going to go wash cars. Or I'm going to bake bread. My wife bakes this this sourdough bread. It's amazing. Yeah. She could sell that sourdough bread for like ten or fifteen dollars a loaf. Well, what if she sold uh, at fifteen dollars a loaf? What if she sold four loaves a week? 15, 15, 30, 30, 30, 60. So now she's, she's got $60 a week that she gives to the church. Yeah. It's like raising money for young men to go to Memphis school of preaching. You ask for donations. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the, whenever young men are raising money to go to Memphis school of preaching, the first time they preach for a congregation, that's not their local congregation yeah, is when they're raising money. So yeah. it, it develops this skill. Yeah. Uh, Scott sales or uh, Scott <coughs> blah. Laura sales says like raising money for Memphis school of preaching. Uh, Scott Beck says, or a thrift store. Uh, somebody mentioned earlier, the salvation army, the salvation army, you realize is a denomination. It's, it's a, and, and that's the thrift store is how they fund their denomination. Yeah. Um, which is not biblical, which is not biblical. And I, I have kind of a <laughs> scruple against even shopping it. Like I don't, we don't give, we don't give to the Salvation Army. We don't shop at the Salvation Army thrift stores, and we don't give clothing donations to the Salvation Army thrift store. Yeah, we do all that at Goodwill. Yeah, because Goodwill is not. It's just yeah. a, as far as I know, 
It's a, it could be a denomination, but it's a secular work. Yeah. Hey, Hey, Alabama says when I needed money for things or excuse me for trips, I cleaned houses for neighbors. That includes scrubbing the floors, taking down and washing the blinds and washing the kitchen walls. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's good stuff. Yeah. Um, so what's the difference? The church proper raising money by bake sales or an individual, just honest, hard labor, whatever it is. And they're yeah. donating the money as an individual Christian. The, what's the difference, Tony? The help, nature help of the me. giving. There you go. Um, there is a sense in which I don't own the money of the Lord's church. So, no, wait. I, I, there, that is true, but I don't know if that's germane. I haven't fleshed this out. Hold on. Okay. It's got to be free will. It can't be transactional. If you have a bake sale and the church does it collectively, the church the money raises is not free will. It's transactional. Yeah. But if I have a bake sale and I sell my bread and I take my $60 and I give it to the church, go back to Acts chapter 5. Paul, Peter rather, says to Ananias, while you had it in your possession, was it not yours to do with as you will? Yeah. He didn't have to give all of the money. He could have given a portion of it. So if I get $60 from selling four loaves of bread, I can keep $30 and I can give $30 to the church. And that's a free will offering. Mm -hmm. I can give all 60. It's still a free will offering. But if, if as a member of the church, I sell four loaves of bread and that money goes to the church directly, not to me, then that's not a free will offering. That is a transactional offering, and that is not authorized. Right. Yeah, I see that. What if, here's one more thorn, what if I as an individual run a business, an honest business, to make money to support the church, like missionaries or something, you know, preachers, okay? Let's say I open up a, a car wash. Yeah, and I take the I take the money to to send money to you and some other preachers that I know that can use it for different things. What if a sinner asks me, "What do you do with that money?" What if I tell them, "Well, I give one hundred percent of it to the church by the, means of is, is 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 all of a sudden now that's all, transactional?" No, no, it's all I didn't the same. Think so either. I, but now I, I would question the wisdom of that because my my. Well, what yeah. do you do with the with the money? Well, first off, it wouldn't be true. If you said I give a hundred percent of the car wash money to the car wash, because huh. you don't, you have to pay taxes. You don't. You got to pay stuff. taxes. Right. You got to pay overhead. You right. got to pay for material. Yeah. So the money that you purchase, that see, that's the difference. The money that the car wash makes, let's say it makes a hundred, let's let's say it makes five hundred thousand a year. Well, the profit from that is what you would be giving to the church. Yeah. But see, that profit is yours. That's right. And that's I a free will offer. That's right. <laughs> but if the church had that property, well, then all of that money would be going to the church, and the church would be in the business of dealing with codes, dealing with overhead, dealing with business life. Yeah. It would, you, you're, you're, it, that would be a violation of scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Scott Beck says, we have a low-power FM radio station through Gospel Broadcast Network. We have been approached by businesses wanting to advertise, but we have turned them down. And I absolutely see why you would. 
because that's the church owned. Now, if Scott Beck yeah. purchased a low power FM radio station yeah. for the purpose of running GBN, Scott Beck would have the liberty in order to offset the cost of purchasing that radio station to run ads from secular sources. Now he could vet those sources. Like he wouldn't have to run a beer ad, right. but I mean, he could run a, a, a McDonald's ad. He could yeah. run, well, you it's gotta like, be, yeah, but you, you'd have to vet it, but yeah. just from a scrupulous standpoint. Yeah. That's similar to what we have done or can do on this show. Yeah. Good deal. It's us, not the church. Exactly. Um, was there two things Ananias and Sapphira did wrong? Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back some of the price of the land? No, he just did one thing wrong. And those things in Catholic, like he lied to the Holy Spirit. And the way he lied to the Holy Spirit was he represented yeah. what he gave as the full amount. Yeah. And his wife continued the same story three hours and his, later. And, and there's a so that conjunction that is a that is that conjunction I have learned. I've, I've talked about a five dollar word. That is an epexegetical conjunction. What comes after the con? So he, he, where's it at? Yeah, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to give you more information? Yeah to keep back some of the price of the land. So it, it's apexegetical in nature. Be kind of like saying the word, English word, by, B-Y. Yes. You'd be like, to lie to the Holy Spirit by keeping back some of the price of the land. It's an explanation, is it not? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Rusty Kirby said, your statement made me think of this question. What if a congregation just used the interest of the whole five, ten, or $100 million willed to them? The, the, okay, that's a perfect segue into our next section of where the elders rule. <laughs> yeah. All right. If if someone gave, if someone gave the church ten million dollars, that is a lot. Like that is thousands of dollars of interest per day. Mm -hmm. Okay. That that's several hundred dollars of interest per hour, quite frankly, if yeah. I'm recalling correctly. Could be, yeah. Um, so what 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 does the church do to it? I think the church needs to use it. Yeah. Um, sure. Obviously, the church is not in the business of stockpiling money, but right. if the church had a ten million dollar uh, nest egg, right? Because somebody willed it to them, which wouldn't be outside the realm of possibility. If I was one of the if I was one of the elders and we had ten million dollars in the bank. I'd be calling up some missionary. I, I would be, I would be putting my feelers out and say, listen, I need a worthy cause. And I would use the dickens out of that money. Mm -hmm. And I'd find the smartest way to use it, but taxes for tax purposes too, you know, just like, yeah. like what's the, what's the best thing we can do to maximize as much of this as possible? You know? Yeah. And here's the thing that brings with it. I mean, it's really nice to, well, it would be great for the church to have 10 million or hundred million dollars. You're going to have to hire an accountant. Yeah. You're yeah. going to have to hire somebody to manage that money that's not an eldership, but unless you happen to be blessed with a congregation that has within its rank and file members professionals in that area. Tony, you want me to read some of this next article? Yeah. I can. 
If we want to, I mean, yeah. do you want read, to, read, to do that? I think it's good. I do. It's I worth, want you I to, think it's, yeah. I want you to read the introductory paragraph. Yeah. The, uh, the role of elders in the church, authority yeah. and expediency. This is very critical. The role of elders in the church is often misunderstood, leading to misconceptions about their scope of authority. The New Testament provides guidelines for the function of elders, emphasizing their responsibilities and limitations. While elders do wield a form of governance within the church, their rule is not all encompassing. Where God has explicitly given commandments or principles, elders have no authority to override or modify them. Their jurisdiction lies primarily in matters of expediency, where God's word has been silent on the specific details. Yeah, That's it. Like evangelism, benevolence, edification. We don't have specific rules as to how each congregation is to spend money in those three areas. We don't yes. have now there are some brethren who claim there are patterns in there. You can only follow these, but you know when you talk to those folks, they're getting themselves caught on their own pitchfork. Yes. I, I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. They're but, hoisted on their own petard. They are. But biblical authority, God's ultimate rule. Scripture is clear that the ultimate authority belongs to God. Aaron? Yeah, go ahead. Can you hold down the fort for just a moment? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'll be right back. Yeah. I'll hold this fort down. Feel free to comment if you want to join in, because I'm going to hold the fort down while Tony's gone. I'm going to see if there's any comments. John says, thanks for answering that. I had that wrong. This cleared up that passage for me. Thank you a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I get I I got I get the question too, John. Like I I I like I understand why you're asking that. It I've read over that before too and kind of thought, and like in addition to the first statement, it's more of an explanatory phrase as to what uh Ananias and Sapphira did. Like when Scott Beck, like when in the service to have the Lord's Supper, exactly. And, and that's what I just read, you know, in the article there. Um the elders, their jurisdiction lies primarily in matters of expediency, how to expedite the things God has charged the church to do. And, and so they have, they have God's authority to carry out in these areas where God's word has been silent about specific details. And this is where a lot of things, and I know Tony will want to join the discussion, but um, I have found just in my study and, and experience and interaction with a lot of good brethren, unfortunately, this is what causes unneeded uh, bad division, for lack of better descriptors. You know, each congregation can have self-rule where each congregation is ruled, governed by elderships, their own eldership. But we don't have to be divided, even though, let's say, Congregation A, B, and C each have their own eldership, <clears throat> yet they each three practice something a little different in matters of judgment, where, as I've already read from the article, where God's Word has been silent on a specific detail. And so, you know, if you have any comments or questions on that, you're welcome to, to add to that. Um, this is just a very important matter, and it all starts with the role of elders and the role of elders being misunderstood. Because I think sometimes, I'm going to, since Tony's not with us, I'm going to go on a little, I don't know if you call it tangent for just a moment, but <clears throat> I think a lot of times people just think that the work of elders is just to make decisions 
you know, just to just to say, well, this is where we'll send the money, that's in the money. Well, they have to think about that. Uh, I was just discussing how elders, their role is more than just, well, we'll send the money here or there. They have to think about that. They have yes. to, it's not just, it can't be done flippantly. You know, it has to be like, okay, well, what would be most expedient for the work we're doing here? You know, how will this benefit what we're doing here to truly reach the laws, to, to edify the saved, and to, um, you know, meet physical needs that people in the congregation or in the community may have. I didn't get into the next part yet. I just kind of talked about how the elders' jurisdiction lies in matters of expediency. And I talked yeah. a little about how when there's not things that are specified, there's sometimes division. Mm-hmm. And bad division, I mean, like unneeded bad division. There's going to be yeah. division, quote-unquote, air quotes, like Congregation A, B, and C each have their own elderships, and they each spend it differently under those commands. Well, that's okay division, like diversi- oh, yeah. diversity. That's not, you know, yeah. that's not unscriptural division. But the unscriptural division comes like when each congregation starts saying, no, Congregation B, you got to do it the way we do it. Congregation yes. B, C, all that. That is the unnecessary division that— and it's over these matters of expediency that God has given elderships to carry out locally where God's word has been silent about certain specifics. They have to decide what specifics they're going to do. So in in understanding expedience and church governance, I've got some notes here that I, I haven't passed along, but because it's because they're stream of consciousness, but so in, in the setting of church governance, in the ecclesiastical setting, the $5 way of putting it, um, expediency refers to decisions made in areas where Scripture does not provide specific guidance. Does it expedite a given commandment or does it impede a given commandment? That's where elders rule. Yep. That's where elders rule. Yep. If it doesn't truly impede, then they don't, you know. Then, then they, they're, then, then they're, right. al- they're able to allow right. the congregation to do it. Yeah, you can't just go off of your opinion. You have to like the elders are yeah. to look at the the good of the whole congregation. Yeah, that's where elders that are wise they won't just say, "Well, that ain't the way we did it growing up." I'm uncomfortable doing it. Wait a minute, what your decisions are for the whole flock. Yeah, that that you got to take think about that too. You know. I get it. We all have some things we're not comfortable with. I get that. Yeah. But like your rule is for the whole flock, not just for your, like, like the decision elders make is not for, it's not for them merely. Well, let me, let me throw, let me throw a, a, as the Europeans say, let me, let me throw a spanner in the gears. Yeah. Spanner is a wrench, by the way. Yeah. Throw a wrench in there. Um, Elders and gospel preachers to a lesser extent. No, just elders, gospel preachers, Bible teachers, anybody that sets themselves out as any kind of authority of Scripture. In other words, when you speak, you've got to speak as the oracles of God. If, yeah. if, if you're in a position in a congregation where you're standing up there and you're teaching, then you have to be spiritually mature enough to teach and offer advice to give sage counsel in such a way that allows the people to whom you speak or to whom you offer sage counsel, it allows them to enjoy more freedom in Christ 
than you mm-hmm. allow yourself to have. Yeah. Yeah. If you cannot do that, you need to stop putting yourself in that position. Otherwise, you're just binding your scruple on them. I mean, that's not letting them allow the liberty that the Lord allows them. Exactly. Well, I don't agree with it. Well, it don't matter. Doesn't it's a matter. matter of liberty. Matter of liberty. Yeah. Um, somebody asked about trunk or treat. Well, where is it? Anyway, somebody asked about trunk or treat. That's a matter of expediency. A celebration of Halloween. Can can a congregation do it? I released a video several years ago about can a congregation of the Lord's Church put a Halloween float in a Halloween parade? Depends. Exactly. Depends on what the elders decide. Yeah. The elders may decide this expedites our obligation to the Great Commission and being salt and light to the world. Yeah. Or they could say, no, this impedes our obligation to the Great Commission. Yeah. Because we won't be standing out as salt and light to the rest of the world. It all depends on where you are. I told you before we started the program up here in Riverview, like 50% of the congregation is from the continent of Africa. Yeah. Halloween hits different for them. Mm-hmm. There's no way we could have trunk or treat in the parking lot. Yeah. There's no way we could put a float in the Halloween parade. Yeah. It would, it just, their members here, their, well, the majority of the members here, they just wouldn't be able to stand. It would, it would violate their conscience. It yeah. would not be expedient. If it's connected with Halloween and the things that they know and associate with Halloween that, comes from their upbringing, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think about, you know, like having an Easter egg hunt. Um, You know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, but the congregation is growing and we've got like six children now that it would be of an age to really have fun hunting Easter eggs. Is yeah. that something that this spring Riverview Church of Christ does? I don't know. Probably not with what I understand right now. Yeah. But I know, I mean, I can I can list you several congregations that in between the morning service and the evening service on the church grounds on Easter Sunday, they have a big Easter egg hunt. And since that is something that's in the realm of judgment, if the congregation, if that was going to cause a real problem, like a serious problem where people are stumbling, then you could take the four or five kids and let them do their own Easter egg hunt at somebody's house. Oh yeah, that would be different, and then yeah. you would hope that brethren could see that, like that. I would hope. You know, some of them might not; they might still struggle with it, but it is different. Yeah, that's not at the church building; it's not on the church property. That's not a function of the congregation, as we say, a fun event like a fellowship yep. meal. You know, would be. <clears throat> this is at somebody's private home, and they can invite those people and those people alone because they know that those people are okay with coming and 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 hunting Easter eggs on the ground. You know, that's it. That's where individuals have liberty. Individuals can do things. You know. Yes. And and like I said, even the congregation could do it, but it, but it's who gets to decide. Well, the elders get to decide. Yep, that's right. And if the elders decide against what your particular scruple is, you know what you got to do, good Christian brother or sister. You got to shut your mouth. 
Yeah. You got to obey the elders. You know, when it comes to scruples, Tony, Romans 14, I often hear brethren talk about not offending the weaker brother. I hear that a lot, and I agree the Bible says that. I rarely hear someone reference chapter 14, verse 22, the person whose conscience is bothered. I rarely hear people say, is your conscience pricked by this matter and your brother's isn't? You got that kind of faith? Have it to yourself before God. See, there's two sides to this coin. Yeah. The person who's convicted about it and it bothers their scruples, their mind, their conscience, they can't rule over the entire congregation. They're supposed to keep that to themselves between them and God. I mean, there's two sides. Yeah, yeah, the, the stronger conscience brother is to not knowingly offend his brother. Absolutely. But the and, person, and what, you know. It's not not knowingly offend. It's knowingly, it's to not knowingly cause his brother, brother to, to offend sin. to cause him to sin yeah and the object of the offense is the man's conscience yeah because if you violate your conscience you will go to hell as assuredly as if you violate the yep. law of god yep yeah and it says that in verse uh, 23 but he who doubts is condemned if he eats Absolutely. that's damned that's condemned because he does not eat from faith yeah so yeah, so John Exum says, we did a trunk or treat last year. We had many kids come and get candy. Uh, this let them know we are here in the community. We saw it as an expedience of the Great Commission. Yep. That's it. And if anybody ever tells you different, you just tell them to go kick rocks. Yeah. Tell them you give account to the elders Outside the Outside the there. congregation. Now, yep. somebody inside the congregation has that. Just That's a different conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So what have we talked about here, Aaron? We've talked about the Lord's money. Yeah. How to raise it. Got to be free will offering. Yep. Anything that violates the sanctity of that free will offering is sinful. Yes, yeah, not transactional. We've talked about the uh, liberty uh, and authority of individuals, what they yep. can do and how they can be careful and what they yep. do. But they, they can accumulate money any, any way yeah. they want to accumulate yeah, money that's not wicked. Sinful. Yeah, absolutely. And they can do with that money what they will. And and I would get that principle from Acts chapter 5. Yeah. John Exum copy and pasted yeah, the verse. That's right. When it was in your, Peter said, when it was in your control and your power, you could do with it what you wanted to. <laughs> Scott Beck says, I don't know about everybody else. I'm looking into purchasing a laundromat for me, not the church. Thanks <laughs> yeah. for the tip, Tony. Hey, man, listen, YouTube is amazing. I love YouTube. You can learn anything. And if... If I had if I had enough credit to get about half a million dollars with a good interest rate, I would I would buy more than one laundry mat. Yeah. Whatever you do, Scott, though, don't watch the Andy Griffith episode where Andy buys a laundry mat and follow his model. It it no, fell through sure and fast. That one yeah, <laughs> he didn't manage it right. No. It made for a funny episode. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you gotta be careful. Now, if you if you really want a good laundry mat, uh, you do what Sheldon's grandmama did, or his Meemaw did, and you have a laundry mat, but you have all of your uh, your gambling machines in the back. You just gotta pay <laughs> off the cops so they look the other way. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Don't do that. No. Now the role of elders, we talked about it a little bit. Authority, yeah. and expediency. Were you wanting this whole article read, or what? No, I mean we okay. no, okay. we ain't got to do that. Okay. We're, I mean we're we're an yeah. hour and twenty minutes yeah. in. Yeah. I, it's it's good, that, you know, like we defining expediency. That's yeah. just expediting the commands that we know we're commanded to do. That's it. 
And that's why there's a lot of things that fall into the realm of judgment for the eldership, because you, there are things that a congregation, efforts that a congregation can, okay, for example, one, one person can say, I'd like for us to have a table out here in February when it's cold and have hot chocolate, Bible tracks out, and when people come up, we engage to build relationships and teach them the Bible, sign people up for Bible studies, and, and, and one group of people says, that's great. That's a way to reach our community. They'll, li- they'll, they'll at least listen for a minute for us to talk to them. We could, if they, Because if they're coming to us and we can engage, and then somebody else says, no, that's buying members. Well, then you're getting, again, you're getting into motives. Yes. Leave, leave that alone. I'll, I'll deal with motives for a moment. They Obviously, their motive is to evangelize. Leave right. it alone. <clears throat> you know, they're going out. They're doing this to teach people. They're not saying, you know, we ought to have hot chocolate out there because we want people to like hot chocolate. Buy our brand of hot chocolate. Yeah. And, you know, if we can get them in with hot chocolate, we'll, we'll, we'll start feeding them hot dogs and steaks and all that. I've heard that old argument. If you get them in on one, you have to keep them with the other and that kind of thing. I mean, uh, you know, there's, there's a little. Tr- yeah, there's a little. I get it. Right. On, depends on your motive. Well, right. so if, if you come in, if you if you say, all right, we got a 500-seat congregation with only 50 seats filled, how do we fill up the house? Well, you take five $100 bills and place them under each, under random seats, and then word gets out that there's a good chance that a $100 bill is going to be under their seat. You'll get a full house yeah. as long as you keep doing that. Now, the minute you stop, they're going to be gone. Right. So there is a sense in what you do to what you yeah. do to attract them. You have to keep yeah. doing to keep them. I get it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then I look at something like Acts chapter thirteen. Whenever uh, Paul looks at Elymas and strikes him blind, and Luke records that the proconsul was converted because of his amazement at the word of God. So even the apostles did miracles and even the spectacular nature of the miracles did not diminish from the power of the word of God. And so good deeds and good actions, good works by the congregation do not diminish the power of the word. Now, if you don't preach the word, you're not giving them what the substance they need. You're in some kind of trouble. Again, somebody just says, well, you can give them Coke and hamburgers all day, but they got to have the Bible. Yeah, absolutely. Then so give them the Bible. Give them the Bible. Let What's the deal, Pickle? Gi- yeah, give them a free ham. You know, it's, it can't be denied that Jesus did give them a quote-unquote free hamburger. It can't be denied. He well, got their I mean, attention with the miracle, and then he taught them the word, and when they walked away, he didn't change the message. He just said, all right, go away. You came to me just for the food. Well, And he even told them the next day, he said, I know why you're here. Right. You're here for the loaves and the fishes. But let me tell you something about some food that if you eat it, you'll never go hungry yeah. again. Stop working for the food that perishes. That's it. Yeah. All there's right. A, there's a lot of examples of this in Scripture. You know, like, yeah. ultimately, though, I saw I saw in your article, you conclude with the idea that the, the role of elders, they have to guard the doctrine, you know, guard the truth. Yeah. And so they're not... Go- they guard yeah. the truth and make sure yeah. that the flock is 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 expeditiously carrying out the Lord's commands. Yeah, yeah. They they empower they 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 empower the flock to expediency. Yeah, and I'll read the conclusion. That may not be right. That may I'll not read be the conclusion good. too. If you yeah, think it, I that. think it would be good. The role of elders in the church is neither trivial nor dictatorial. 
They serve as shepherds and overseers and guiding the church, especially in areas where the Scripture is silent. Nevertheless, their authority does not extend beyond the bounds established by God's Word. Understanding this balance is crucial for the health and the unity of the church, ensuring both respect for divine authority and the necessary freedom to act in matters of expediency. And so, okay, my final thought on that is this. If elders, shepherds, know the sheep like they're supposed to, they make regular efforts to know the flock because they're in and among the flock, they better know how to make decisions in the areas of expediency for the congregation instead of their decision being a meeting in a room where the elders are duking out their opinion about that issue. Yeah. Only, only like, yeah, you can, the elders can share their opinion together about it, but then they're looking out to the flock. How would this affect the flock? Is this going to be a detriment to have this? Or do most people in our community have Halloween? Do mo- yeah. uh, excuse me, have Halloween decorations? Do most members in our congregation do a candy giveaway, you know, at home or in their community? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. They're only going to know that, though, if they know the flock. That's it. It's not That's an arbitrary it's- decision like, oh, well, we just that- think it's wrong. To- no, no, no. It's about the congregation. That is why is it, imp- it is important for the, she- the elders to know the flock. Yeah. To yeah. shepherd the flock that they are among. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. God bless those elders who strive to do that. Ain't God that the truth? Them. God bless them. So I so, know it's not easy. They can do it though. Along the same vein, and I don't have it queued up where I can share, but I stole this meme. I thought it was, it just, it looks really, really bad. Like, you can, can you see that? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. The, 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 the pumpkin, the face. Yeah. Pumpkin. Just, yeah. And the hat. So it, it takes the absolute worst form caricature of Halloween. It says Halloween is evil. Ephesians 5.11, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. 1 Corinthians 10.21, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table with demons. Amen. And I'm like... You know, I, I agree but with both of those statements. how they connect it. I know. Yeah. That is such a non sequitur. Yeah. Um, it's right. You, you, you have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, and paganism is darkness, is it not? Yeah. Well, one of the fruits of paganism is our days of the week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yep. yep. Those are pagan in origin. Yeah. Uh, the word hermeneutics. I had a fella ha- take issue with me because I used the word hermeneutics and he says that word shouldn't be used in relation to interpretation of God's word. I said, why? He said, because the etymology of that term goes back to the Greek God, the messenger God, Hermes. Hermes. And I'm like, that's just so stupid. I don't have any words. Yeah. Yeah. But again, if we're going to make this kind of leap with Halloween, then that's valid. Yeah. What about birthday cakes? <laughs> yeah. With the candles. Go back to Ephesus a couple thousand years ago. You know how you worship the goddess Diana? Well, you'd birthday make cakes. some sweet cakes yep. one time a year, and you'd light them up with candles and stuff like that. That's where the origin of the tradition of birthday cake and candles come so from. So if you made cakes and you did it in your heart in honor of the so-called goddess of Ephesus, we got a real problem with God. We do have a real problem. 
But I make birthday cakes because we like to eat them together. And we're praising God and thanking Him for the birth of our child. That's not paganism. Nope. That's giving Jehovah the glory and the honor He deserves, and and, and enjoying an innocent food, uh, meal of food with it. Oh it's yeah, discernment here. You know it is. And a verse comes to mind. I'm going to go to the Book of Titus. Yeah, you got to have a little bit of discernment, as my mama would say. You just use a little bit of common sense. Yeah. Titus chapter 1. Where am I at here? Unto the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. Even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate. Folks. Oh, actually. Oh. Let me do that. Oh. We didn't, we didn't verses, have our ad read. Those verses you just read are in the context of healthy leadership and then protecting the congregation. No. <laughs> that can't be right. It can't be. Yeah, it is. So we, we, we're going to do something we ain't done in a while. Um, let's go to video storage. All right. We're going to have a word from our sponsor. Concept, contact Lindsay Faye Dotson at gmail.com Are you looking to spread the word about your next church event in style? Lindsay Dotson is your go-to designer for church-related advertisements that truly stand out. When it's time to invite members to your upcoming event or share the news of a special gathering, trust Lindsay to deliver vibrant flyers that capture attention and set the tone. Memorable postcards that carry your heartfelt message. Eye-catching social media graphics, perfect for sharing across all platforms. With a keen understanding of the needs of the events of the Christian community, Lindsay crafts designs that not only look great, but also resonate deeply with your congregation. Get in touch with Lindsay Dotson today to elevate your church event promotions to the next level. Message her on Facebook or shoot her an email at lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com. Share your church's special moments and announcements in the most visually stunning way with Lindsay Dotson's expert touch. Reach out now and let your event shine. All right. Contact lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com and uh, she'll get you hooked up. Thank you, Scott. Man, there was a lot of clutter on the screen there, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. We got the message out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, in the context of leadership, church governance, all that good stuff, just remember, I mean, if, if you can twist anything to make it evil, and I guess you can put a slick outer coat on just about anything and make it appear like a good idea for a minute, <clears throat> just be careful. Aaron, I think I'm done. Yeah, good show. I enjoyed it. Thank you, yep. everybody, for your comments and participation. It's encouraging. Yes, and and as always, we keep we we keep you anonymous. <laughs> if you have an idea for a show or a topic or a question that you want us to cover, yep. we're going to keep you anonymous. Yep. So just remember, this show was all listener driven, and yep. I hope we I hope we covered it well. Yep. yep. I really do. Uh, so remember. 
in the show notes, there are ways to support us as podcasters. You can go to uh, Patreon or buy me a coffee, www.patreon.com forward slash Christianity. Now you can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. You can go to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash Christianity now and do a one-time donation. You can also send a monetary donation to nearchurches at gmail.com. But if you really want to help us out, subscribe to the Substack, become a premium subscriber in the Substack, and every chance you get, anytime me or Aaron or anybody else uploads an article, and John Exum volunteered, he said he could write some articles. I'm going to call on you, Jonathan or John, um, I'm going to call on you, but, uh, share that article and, and tag friends with it stuff like that and help us grow that platform. Yeah. Aaron, you got anything? No, thanks again. Enjoyed the show. Thanks for everybody's comments and, um, go to all these places and do us a favor, share this, share the, the platforms that we have and get the word out. That's it. Jason Goldtrap says I want once went, went to the top of the arch. In Mr. Lewis, Missouri. I wonder if it's a typo. I think Arch is in the only Arch I know, the gateway to the West is St. Louis. Yeah. But anyway, well, folks, that's all I've got here. God bless every one of you. This has been Tony Burr and Aaron Dotson with Christianity Now. Be sure and support our sponsor, Dotson at gmail.com. And be sure and support us. And you can go to Substack and do that. Also, follow us on Rumble, YouTube, Instagram. Podbean, Apple Podcast, Spotify, TuneIn Radio. That's all we got. God bless you. And we'll catch you on the flip side.